0: that. Lord, we come to you today and we ask that you would be with us. Holy Spirit, we give you right of way. And we ask that you would make yourself real to us and make Jesus real to us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to speak today on the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, and I want to tie it in with today, which is an important day, I believe, in the Christian calendar, and it's Pentecost Sunday. And Pentecost is a special time for believers. It's a time when we remember what God has done, and we remember where it all started, It's a time to remember how the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit radically changed the world as we know it. It's a time to remember the the time the church started. It's a time to remind ourselves of the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit that is still available. It is still available to you and I, today, and I believe it's, an, it's a time for empowerment, it's a time to be filled all over again, and it's a time to step out in boldness. I really believe that in my, in my own heart, and I've been trusting for this service today and just believing God that it would be like that, and that's why I appreciate Greg's word and what he shared there in terms of that stepping out. Well, what is Pentecost. Well, Pentecost is a time when Christian believers remember and celebrate something unique that happened shortly after the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's a unique thing. It is 50 days after the resurrection. So if you went back today and counted Good uh, uh, Easter Sunday as day one, and you counted 50 days, you'd get to today. And uh, it's an interesting day, it correlates, it means, Pentecost means 50, and it uh, correlated with an old Jewish feast that would be a celebration of first fruits. So there was a historical connotation to it. And Pentecost means 50th, and it's celebrated 50 days after the resurrection, and uh, that's A time when something very special happened. The followers and the disciples of Jesus ended up in an upper room in Jerusalem, praying and fasting, but uh, with more fear and trembling. The doors were locked, and they were stuck away. Jesus had ascended, and they didn't know what was going to become of them. And so they were stuck away in this upper room, and there they sat, fearful Timid, cowering, stepping back, retiring, in obscurity, and here they sat. And something wonderful took place right there, and their lives were changed. And I'd like you to take up your Bibles and turn to Acts chapter 2. I'm going to read a good portion of the chapter Acts chapter 2. My heading says, The Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. The Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. We're going to start reading from verse 1 of Acts chapter 2. If you've got your Bible and can follow, I think it would be great. It says from verse 1, When the day of Pentecost came... They were all together in one place. So here the disciples and the followers of Jesus are all together in this upper room. Verse 2. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be like tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Verse 5 Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God fearing Jews under every nation under heaven. And when they heard the sound, this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked. Are not these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Going on at verse 12. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, They've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up, With the eleven raised his voice and addressed the crowd. He said, fellow Jews and all of you who are in Jerusalem, Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I'm saying. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Verse 17. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Even on your servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. Verse 19, And I will show wonders in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, will be saved. You just skip down to verse 38. Remember Peter's preaching. He says, Peter replied, he says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are afar off. For all whom the Lord your God will call. With many other words he warned them and pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted his message were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. is that amazing? Well, I want to tell you, it was just, it's an amazing story to me, and sometimes it's good for us just to read the accounts of Scripture in church, because that's how we pick up on what happened, and our children will be able to hear the stories, and sometimes we need to tell our children the stories. We need to impart what happened. But here we've got a bunch of people sitting in an upper room, and here they are, scared and fearful and intimidated and and then something phenomenal happens there is the sound of wind if you go and read there it says the sound of wind suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house now this was the first thing that happened Imagine now you're sitting in a room, mass persecution against you. Your leader has just disappeared. Here you're sitting, and suddenly you start hearing things. Now the strange thing about this is that this noise was heard in this upper room, but it is generally accepted that it was a sound that was heard across the city. And I had somebody go and actually check the Greek for me so we could make absolutely sure. And it is, part of the word indicates that it was not just a sound limited to the upper room. And if you go and read a little bit further, it says in verse 5, Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven, when they heard this sound. Now, if it was just a matter of some people praying in an upper room, they wouldn't have been able to hear it on a citywide scale. But people all across Jerusalem were hearing this sound, and they started to gather in bewilderment. Some authors feel, no, it was, it was the sound of the people praying. Some of the commentators But generally, it says it is inferred that the sound went across the city of Jerusalem. I thought, oh, wouldn't it be wonderful if the sound of the moving of God's Spirit were to be heard across our city? That people would come out in bewilderment. Just, that was weird. Strange sound. Then the next thing that happens is these tongues of fire, it says it looks like fire, came and settled on their heads. Now imagine just for a moment if you could just look around you and imagine if you were to see that right now. I wonder what your reaction would be. I wonder what my reaction would be. I, I, I think I'd get excited. I think... I would just want to embrace whatever it is. But, you know, I have good Baptist roots, so I, you know, I probably would have a couple of questions. <laughs> but I hope that those questions wouldn't block me from embracing what God would want to do. And this is the remarkable story. And then they began to speak in different tongues, some of them were understood as local languages that people could hear a remarkable story one of the commentators that I read said this was the reverse of the Tower of Babel I don't know where they get that link but in the Tower of Babel God caused everybody to speak different languages so they couldn't understand one another Here, God causes them to talk different languages so that everybody can hear and understand. But it was just an interesting thought. I haven't had time to actually try and research that myself. But it was like there was this coming together that took place, and many people came to know Christ. And it all started way back in the book of Joel, where it was prophesied. And you know what God, whatever God does, he first speaks it with words. That's why words are so important. God first said, let there be light. And then there was light. It wasn't a case of there was light and he said, I confirm there is light. (laughs) And God always speaks first the words. And then from the words come the reality. And that's why I think it's so important what we say with our words. I was talking to a lady here in the congregation last Sunday and she was telling me that um, Pat, are you here? Can I tell the story? <laughs> she told me, someone had once told her that when tragedy strikes it comes in threes. And when good things happen they come in threes. And um, at the time I... I it didn't click didn't with me or with Pat. And uh, during the service, we spoke about how careful we must be with our words. And afterwards, Pat wrote to me and she said, I was wrong to even mention that. I've, I've asked God to forgive me, and I've written it off. I'm not going to say that again. But you see, sometimes what we can do is we can hear something and we can think, you know, trouble comes in threes, and then we speak it out. We speak it out. We say, Trouble comes in threes, so I'm sitting here waiting for two more. (laughs) Be careful what you say with your mouth. Because I reject that trouble comes in threes. I declare that God has abundant life for me and blessing comes in unlimited numbers. And yes, there may be some troubles I'll have to face. But the blessings are greater. The purpose of God is greater. And God always spoke words. And then later the reality came. And I want, to be, I want to say, even be careful how you speak over your children. My middle brother Peter, he's not here today, so I can speak freely about him. <laughs> he's gone to take his uh, kids to his parents-in-law who live in Frankfurt. And uh, he tries to still connect uh, his children with his with his parents-in-law. And uh, but he was he was a tough kid for my father to handle. Nothing like you. But he was a tough kid for my father to handle. And my father used to call him my little terrorist. And boy. <laughs> He terrorized my father. And God miraculously restored them prior to my father's death, and I'm so thankful for that. But be careful what you speak. What I say over my children, I try and use carefully chosen words. I will tell them, you are precious, even when I feel like they're their mother's children today it's only me (laughs) Ah. it all started when God spoke the words and we see in the book of Joel he says I will pour out my spirit and if God says it it will happen if God has given you a promise or a word or spoken something It'll happen. And we can believe God and trust God. And so it was a fulfillment of his promise, what happened at Pentecost. And I want to encourage you and say, God will be faithful to you in the things he has spoken to you. But besides for that, it was also the birth of the church. This is the official celebration of the birth of the Christian church. It happened in about 33 AD, as historians estimate. And that was the start of the church. And you are part of it today. You are part of the result of that. You are sitting here as part of the body of God in this local expression of the church. You are part of it because of what happened on this day, way back then. And that makes it so special. We can just sit and reflect. But there were some unusual things that happened that day. The sound of wind was heard in the room and more than likely across the city. There was the tongues of fire that appeared. There was the tongues of fire that settled on each person. There was the change in the disciples as a result. They went from fear to boldness and they began speaking in other tongues and people were drawn to this phenomena. And people have been drawn to the church through the ages. Many people were saved And the church, as we know it, was born today. But the question is, what made the difference? What was it that took 120 people who were fearful and intimidated and scared, and what was it that utterly changed them? Because they were completely changed. Do you know some of the commentators say that they actually underwent personality changes? And you thought you couldn't teach an old dog new tricks. (laughs) These men were changed. These ladies were changed. And the truth of the matter is, it was the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And if the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit had such a revolutionary effect on them... It should too have a revolutionary effect on us. Two things. One, it says that the tongues of fire, let me read it. It says they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one. It doesn't say it came to rest on the men. It doesn't say it came to rest on the woman. It doesn't say it came to rest on the apostles. The tongues of fire came to rest on each one. And I want to tell you, it's for you. It goes on and it says, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. It doesn't say some of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. It doesn't say those closest to the door were filled with the Holy Spirit. It doesn't say those that had fasted and prayed for 45 years. It says all. And may that drop like a penny in your spirit that it's for me. It's for me. But you know, the Holy Spirit came and these people were changed. And you know that through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, ordinary people are enabled to accomplish extraordinary deeds. And when we will allow the Holy Spirit to come and rule and reign in us, he will enable us to overcome and accomplish extraordinary deeds. I found this illustration by a a, a fellow pastor, his name is Richard Fairchild, and I'll just read it to you. He says, the story is told of a young man called Yates, who during the Depression owned a sheep ranch in Texas. He did not have enough money to continue paying the bond. In fact, he was forced, like many others, to live on government subsidies. Each day as he tended his sheep, he worried about how he was going to pay his bills. Sometime later, a seismographic crew arrived on his land and said that there might be oil on his land, and could they test drill a hole? After a lease was signed, they went ahead. At 1,115 feet a huge oil reserve was struck. Subsequent wells revealed even more oil than the first well revealed. And Mr. Yates owned it all. He had the oil and the mineral rights. He'd been living on relief, yet he was a millionaire. Think of it. He owned all that oil with its tremendous potential yet for many years he did not realize it. How often we are like Mr. Yates, considering ourselves poor and helpless, all the while unaware of the extraordinary power that we have available to us, which is lying just below the surface in our hearts and in our minds. To me, that's a beautiful picture. I want to imagine for a moment that your life is like Mr. Yates's farm. On top it might be dry and barren and the wind might be blowing and not much productivity. You might be battling to pay the bond. But within, within lies something of great value. And I believe it's the person of the Holy Spirit who lives within us. And He wants to come and change things drastically and dramatically. And I believe that we can be guided and inspired and empowered by the Holy Spirit, let alone changed. And I believe that for each one of us there needs to come a stepping forward into more of what God intended. I believe that God desires that we need to live lives empowered by His Holy Spirit. And today is a perfect opportunity to be filled again. It's a perfect opportunity to be filled again. To ask Him to empower you all over again with the empowerment that comes from the Holy Spirit. That you would be changed. That there would be deeper intimacy with God. And that with Pentecost will come a new newness for you. I believe we can ask God to do for us what he did for those people at Pentecost. I was sharing a little bit, I was so excited about this word, I was sharing it with one of the leaders from the, from the youth on Friday, and he got so excited, he went home and he felt the Lord gave him a word, and he emailed it through to me, and he said, no, he was going to, he was going to be preaching in the youth ministry today and he was going to share the same along the same lines but he sent me this word he said a word for choose life on pentecost day get ready for the power and the demonstration of my spirit in ways not experienced before depths not seen and dimensions never revealed All flesh will melt like wax before me, and I will empower you that the fear of the Lord will shatter the foundations of the church. An intense wave of my spirit will flow through this church and will become internationally known. You will be a forerunner in the Spirit's revelation and the former things you will no longer remember. Because my spirit will move and choose life and is going to change everything whatever you, your plans are double it and more because what you have now is not going to be able to contain what I'm going to pour out you are going to feel uncomfortable you are going to feel out of place but keep your eyes on me because Choose Life will carry the torch of the Spirit and will set alight the four corners of the earth. Let the people humble themselves before me. I desire the intensity of the Spirit in each one. My Spirit is now exploding within the church, and I am sending a wave of repentance through my people, and they will be permeated with my presence. I am calling Choose Life to yield, For I am taking over. Choose Life will pioneer this move. But because of me and the humility amongst the people, no man will take glory, but I will honor those who yield to my spirit. How's that for a word? I've always loved palm trees. I've moved some big palm trees in my day. But there's one thing that's remarkable about a palm tree. Firstly, it's not really a tree. It's a type of grass. You can't make anything out of the wood of a palm tree because she's got no wood. And the thing about the palm tree, I've got one in my garden, the brand is a phoenix. It's on those big dardle palms, date palms. It stands like this. It's like a great funnel above the stem. And the little leaves gather the rain and they run into the frond. The frond runs down and the water comes to, to the plant. I've often wondered, Why is there so much? Because when you take the branches off, there's so much sand and soil. And that's why oftentimes you'll see ferns growing out of the stem because of the soil. What happens is the dust settles on the leaves. The water comes, it runs to the middle. And it collects. And it's a fertile place for ferns and things to start growing. And if you've ever cut down a palm tree, it doesn't matter where you cut, inside it is white. The flesh is white. And it doesn't take long after being exposed to the air that it goes dark. Eventually it dies. It's not like other trees where you cut cut the top off, it can sprout again. Once you've cut the crown off the palm tree, it's finished. It's finished. There's no recovery, there's no shoots coming out again. But it stands there like this and it collects the rain from our Heavenly Father. And it stands there and it collects the dew. And it all runs to the center. And that's why palm trees are found in some of the most hostile climates. We clean the leaves off. The leaves are not meant to in nature. They don't generally come off. What happens is they eventually go all the way down. And they hang like this. And they create a meter boundary beyond the stem where they protect it from sunlight so that the sun does not take all the moisture around the base. Many people think nothing can grow under those old palm trees because, you know, it's not suitable. But the truth is they're taking everything that's coming their way and they're leaving nothing for what's down below. They are just standing there like this. And I thought to myself, I'd like to stand like that for a moment. And I'd like to ask God to send his Holy Spirit afresh. I'd like to extend all my leaves and fronds. And I'd like to stand there and say, Holy Spirit, you came at Pentecost. Pentecost. Your Holy Spirit came on each and every one. Now do it for me. Holy Spirit, we love you. Forgive us for the wrong things we have done. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And now, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, we say, send your Holy Spirit in whatever form you will, whether it be through the wind or the fire the water or the dove and let your spirit fall upon us come and change us move us from fear to boldness move us from anxiety to courage Move us from intimidated to intimidating. Cause us to step out. Cause us to step forward in your authority, not in passivity. We receive from you, Holy Spirit. We want your power and your presence. We've tried so many things on our own, or in our own strength. Today we just receive from you. Now ask the Lord to fill you. If your hands are getting tired, you can lower them a bit. Fill me, precious Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord, fall on me. Now receive it. Sometimes I just breathe it in. Now add faith. Take hold of it. Lord, we give your Holy Spirit right of way in our lives. Convict us of sin. So that we can deal with it and move on. show us the way to go. The disciples, after you fell on them, they just stumbled out the door and opened their mouths. And people came to you in mass. And may it be the start of something new. Lord you've given us this prophetic word you speak the words first the reality sometimes seems far off but we accept your word we claim it and we say so be it so be it your eyes closed just let's give it another minute or two keep receiving keep adding your faith to it thank you Jesus Thank you, Jesus. Thank you Jesus 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 We can wait another minute Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have filled us afresh. And Lord, we pray that we will see the results. Lives changed, boldness, that we would step forward in your authority. (laughs) Hmm. <laughs>